Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and we are looking at getting fit spiritually all January at CIV. Many people set physical fitness goals at the beginning of the year because they want to get back in shape or lose weight. And one thing that it's really important to do is to get specific about the goals. Because if you don't do that, then you might just work out one part of your body or you might get to a point where you just don't work at all, out at all. And, and when that happens, then you get your before picture at the beginning of the year. And if we follow the infomercials and how they do it, you just kind of look sad and slumped over. And then you get to the end of the year and you have your af- after picture and you're smiling and you're sucking in your stomach, but nothing has really changed. And that's what we don't want to happen this year spiritually for people at CIV. We want people to be able to grow in their relationship with God over this next year. And the goal of this Get Fit series is to help us all to figure out what are the specific actions and patterns and habits that we need to do in order to grow spiritually over the next year. Last week, we looked at uh, passages throughout the Bible that define spiritual maturity. And one of the main takeaways from that message was that spiritually fit or mature people, they hear and do God's word. And last week we looked at James 1, 22 through 25. And I want to read that again because this is one of the verses that is going to help us to keep us on the right track to grow spiritually throughout this next year. James 1, 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And it goes on in 23 through 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The combination of hearing and doing is very important to each of us. If we hear or do without the other, then it creates problems for us. If someone just hears the word of God, then James says they're deceiving themselves. The Bible is God's revelation of his will for his people. And if we are just hearing what God is saying then and not doing it, then we are missing out on God's will for us, the blessing that comes from the doing. If someone just does without hearing or understanding God's word, that creates problems as well. Have you ever seen someone run into a sliding glass door? I did that as a kid. We were at my grandparents' house, and I wanted to go outside, and so I started to move quickly. I thought the door was open, and boom, it was not open. I was dazed. It hurts when you run into a sliding glass door. That's what doing without hearing God's word and understanding it looks like. We start running in life and thinking we're going the right way, and then bam, 
there's this boundary there that we didn't realize existed, and it hurts. So we want to hear and do God's word. We want to be spiritually mature. We want to grow and experience the blessing of doing life God's way, like he says at the, in James 1.25. He will be blessed in his doing. God has blessing in store for the one who hears his word and then goes and puts it into practice. He has protection for us against evil in hearing and doing. It's just one of these challenges for all of us to put into practice, to do, to get fit spiritually. And this has been a challenge for people throughout history. I was reading my daily Bible reading this last week and um, I'm in the book, or I was in the book of Joshua, and Joshua was, was the leader of God's people after Moses. So Moses led God's people out of slavery in Egypt, and they got to the edge of the promised land, and then Joshua took over. And over and over again, God would lead his people into the promised land more and more, and they'd take over more and more of it. And in Joshua 23, it ends up at the end of Joshua's life, and he communicates some things. And usually at the end of somebody's life, that's when they're going to communicate things that are most important to them. And so Joshua gathers the elders, the heads, the judge, judges, the officers of God's people, and look at what he tells them. Therefore... Be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left. Joshua is telling the people he is leading, hear and do God's word. And this is the challenge to do what God says. This challenge that he's talking about, it tracks throughout history. We go back to Adam and Eve, we find that God told them what to do. He gave them instruction, but they chose to not do what God says. They heard what God said, but they didn't do it, and they experienced the consequences of that. And we're still experiencing the consequences of sinning and not doing life God's way. Moses, he told the people the same thing. Here's what God is saying. Now we need to do it. But there's this temptation to turn from God's word that just comes back. It's part of our our nature, our sinful nature. And so we need to be careful not to turn to the side either way from God's word and what he's telling us to do. Have you ever had this thought? I know what God says about this, but I think I am going to do it this other way. We can say things like this or think things like this. Um, Sometimes that comes up when we think, well, I know God says to serve people, but I just need to be served right now. Or I know that God says to steward my resources um, well, and I don't really have the money for this car right now, but I want it anyways. Or I know what God says about not overeating and being a glutton, but I think I want that third donut today. We all have this struggle to turn to the side, to the right or to the left of what God is telling us 
to do. Another thing that you might think or say is the Bible was written a long time ago. God wouldn't still say that in today's culture. Ever thought something like that? Or maybe I don't see how doing life God's way in this situation will work out well for me. So I'm going to do it my own way. I've had similar thoughts to that. That's why I was able to use it as examples. And what it is, is what's going on is I'm trying to justify doing life the way that makes sense to me instead of God's ways. And so this is the challenge before us all. The challenge is how can we take God's word personally and do what it says to do? The blessing is in the doing of God's word. He wants us to experience life the way that he made it to work. And so we need to understand that there's this pull to go to the right or to the left. And we need to establish these patterns of behavior that are going to help us to continue to grow spiritually in Christ. And the Bible is very clear on these patterns of behavior that that can help us to do this. And there's patterns that are done corporately and in the group as a church, and then there's also ones that are done privately at home. And so let's take a look at what we can do to help us to take God's word personally, to hear it and to apply it. Well, at church, we can establish a pattern of hearing from God's word regularly with your church family. The early church gives us a model to follow. Uh, for this first pattern in Acts 2.42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, next week, we're going to look at fellowship. We're going to look at investing in community. But this week, we're looking at devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles were teaching the early church all about following Christ. They had lived with Christ. They had observed him. They had been around him. They've, they'd heard Jesus's teachings all throughout his ministry, and they are passing it on to the next generation of faith. And that is one of the goals of, of what the church is about when we gather together on Sunday mornings. The goal of the service is, t- is to build up everybody who comes to church. And the messages are for communicating God's word and helping people to learn to live life God's way. Hearing and applying and doing when you go home. Last week, uh, we looked at the places you can go to grow at CIV. Here's a picture of our map where you can go uh, to grow at CIV. And the places that we're talking about today where you can go as a part of the church is going to be attending a worship service and plugging into a learning environment. This is how we at CIV try to give people the opportunity to hear from God's word weekly in the services and more when there's learning environments going on like a marriage seminar or a seminar on choosing wisdom over folly or a learning environment group like a horizon group. And it's when we get into the pattern of attending the worship service and going to these learning environments as they come up and they make sense for us to go, that's when our faith can really grow. 
God has chosen to teach his people in this, this way for thousands of years. And he continues to do that today. And so I want to encourage everybody to think through this year. And set a goal to attend CIV regularly. You might not be ready to come every single week, but whatever your pattern was last year, set out to, to try to do it more this next year. Because it's here that you will receive the perspective needed to build up your faith. And if we aren't careful, then we're going to start to undervalue what goes on here at the worship service. And again, that's going to be, this is not a new problem for people. It's something that people have been experiencing. And just like James and Joshua encouraged people to hear and do God's word, and Adam and Eve chose to hear God but not do what he says, people must have not seen the value of meeting together in these large group settings in the early church days as well. Because look what Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what goal do you want to set for attending worship services at CIV this next year. Not neglecting to meet together like it talks about in this verse. Because this is where you can come and get the encouragement that you need. Get the perspective that you need from God's word. Just to lift up your sights from the worries and the cares of life. What goal do you want to set for this next year to help you to get fit spiritually? Another pattern to establish that is talked about throughout the Bible is that we can take God's word personally at home. We need to establish a pattern of daily prayer and reading God's word. The Bible gives us clear instructions um, that some of the patterns and habits that uh, we are to put into practice will be done corporately, like we just looked at. But there's also ones that should be done privately as well. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So what's going on here is Jesus is telling us, don't be like the hypocrites. The hypocrites he's talking about were the religious leaders at the time. And they were known to try to show their spiritual maturity by doing religious things out in public, making a show of what they were doing and showing how spiritual they were. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Your heart should be set out to please God, not set out to show other people how spiritual you are. And he goes on to say, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for 
They think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 6, 5 through 15, it gives us a lot of help in how we should pray. It gives us a place, a motive, and a structure. The place says at home, in private. Yes, there's times to pray with others as well. It talks about that in the Bible. But it, when we do that, it, it's not to show how spiritual we are. The motive is to be a help, to encourage, to build up when we do that in public. So Matthew 6 is telling us, pray at home, in private. There's also a motive. The motive is to please God, not to be seen by man. And then there's the structure that it gives. And if you were able to download uh, the handout uh, for the online service, you'll see that on the third page, there's this pattern for prayer that it talks about. And Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it's not saying pray like this exactly. Use these exact words. But what it's doing is it's giving us a pattern and categories to pray in. So let's take a look at this pattern for prayer together. The first thing is praise. It says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We want to praise God for who he is. We want to praise him for what he has done in the scripture and in our lives. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And so we want to recognize what God has done in our life and praise him for it. The next pattern of prayer is cooperation. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to pray for God's kingdom to come in our city, in our church, and in our family, in every part of life. And then we want to submit and fit into God's will and leadership in our lives. This takes a lot of faith to pray and submit our life to God's will for it. But it's as I've prayed this and got experience of, of trying to put it into practice that God has really grown my faith. When I say, not my will, but yours be done. And as I walk through hard things like my wife being hospitalized for a month and then having three surgeries over six months and then my child being diagnosed with a long-term illness. And it's as I Pray, not my will, but your will be done. That God has really changed my perspective on those situations. They're still hard to walk through. They're hard to, to go through. But God gives me a vision for, for more than just the hard things I'm going through. He, he, he shows me that, yes, it's a hard thing that's going on. Yes, it, it's not what I want but God says, I will work through it. I will do good through it. And I'm able to start to, to not just resent what I'm going through and just try to survive, but to focus on being faithful in what I'm going through and seeing bits and pieces of what God is doing in the middle of, of the trouble. 
So we want to pray for cooperation. We want to pray for praise first, then cooperation, and then petition. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to just jump to that one. I'm pretty good at jumping to, God, I need help with this. Please help me. But this is the pattern that Jesus is telling us to pray, and it's helpful for us to remember who God is, to praise him, and then to to pray that we're going to cooperate with him and his will for us, and then ask for, for his help. We want to ask for our concerns. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 talks about this. Pray intercession. We want to pray asking for wisdom. We want to be specific when we're praying and petitioning to God. We want to detail in steps what we're asking for. And then we can pray for prosperity as well, like it talks about in 3 John 2. The next thing we want to pray for is forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This prayer, it's about confession and cleansing. First John 1, 9 talks about this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God wants us to bring before him the ways that we've gotten on track, that we've turned to the left or to the right and ask his forgiveness. And we also need to forgive and pray for the blessing of those who have wronged us as well. And then lastly, the the model, the structure tells us to pray for protection. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ask for and claim victory over temptation. Jesus will help you with whatever temptation you're facing. In Jesus' name, claim deliverance and protection from Satan's attacks. And then Pray that God is glorified in our life. So what are some prayer goals that you want to put into practice this next year? Maybe you want to take this pattern of prayer and pray it once a week or on your drive into work or every other day in the week or some other interval, whatever it is. God wants us to relate to him through prayer. And he gives us this pattern to pray through as a model for how to relate to him and and pray rightly before him. So let's set out to do that. Jesus also gives us this example of of just the interval of of praying and reading God's word. Mark one thirty five says, In rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus got up early and went to spend time with his father. And it's important for us to do that as well. And so on another page, the other, the next page in the handout that is um, on the online service, there's a pray acrostic for spending time with God. Let's go through that as well, what that can look like. The first, the P is for pray. It's clear your mind. Pray through your day and give your concerns to God. Ask God for insight and set yourself to obey God. Say, God, I'm going to obey what it is that you tell me to do today. Now, we just went through the pattern for prayer as well. So you could go through that pattern for prayer in in this step of spending time with God. Or you might want to do that later at a different time. And during this time, you're just saying a quick prayer of helping you to focus on what you're about to read. 
And that's the next letter in the acrostic. The next word is read. Read through the passage once. If it's a longer passage, take note of the verses that speak to you and use application questions uh, that are below to apply it to this week. A lot of times we get stuck in what, what is it that um, we should read in the Bible? And this past week, I actually, I was reading in, in my time with God and I just felt kind of stuck in a rut and I just wanted to change it up. And so I decided I'm just going to switch to Proverbs and started reading just like a proverb a day and looking at what, what is it, God, that, that you're speaking to me about? What do you want me to put into practice this day? So when you're picking something to read, you, you could pick a proverb a day or do something like that. You could also read John, Acts, and Romans, the Bible in a jar. It gives you a, a really good picture of Jesus's life and then the early church and how the church marched on in um, after Jesus's death. Or maybe you're just, you're having some difficult life situations and you want to read Psalms. Psalms gives a really good picture of um, these psalmists and how they're feeling and just, they're, they're just letting it all out to God of what's going on and how they're feeling about life. And then they turn it back to faith and to trusting in God. Maybe you just want to read some Psalms and, and get some encouragement of, of how to deal with what, what it is that you have going on in your life right now. The key to reading is really just to pick, pick something that you feel like you can stick with daily. Don't go too too much or too long in reading and and then you feel like I don't have I don't have time to do this. Start with small chunks and then you can work your way up if if you want to do that. Um but so we want to pray, we want to read and then we want to apply. Hear and do God's word, right? And we what we want to do when we apply is we want to make a bridge from the Bible passage to your life today. And here's some questions that you can ask. It spells out the acrostic space pets. It's from a, a book, Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. Um, but these questions will really help you to take what you're reading and, and figure out how to apply it. The first question is, is there a sin to confess? Is there something that I've done wrong that I need to clear up with God or other people? Is there a promise to claim? Is there a promise God makes that I, I need to ask that that would be true in my life? Is there an attitude to change, a command to obey, and what do I need to do to obey that? Is there an example to follow? It could be positive or negative. Is there a prayer that somebody prays that I, I want to pray that back to God as well? Is there an error to avoid? Is there a truth to believe? Is there something to praise or thank God for? These questions will help make that bridge and bridge the scripture into action steps for you for that day. And then the why is yield. Yield to God's will for your life and to and take to heart what he said to do. Again, hearing God's word and putting it into practice, doing what God says. God will use this time each day to give us what we need. Last week, um my two oldest boys, they were um had to go to the hospital for the planned medical procedures to tech, check on an ongoing illness that um, one of them we knew had, and they were seeing if the other one had it. Here's a picture of the boys at the hospital across from each other in their hospital beds. And 
Um, it was it was interesting. After the procedure, they were getting wheelchaired down to the car, and the person wheeling them down said, you know, I've never wheeled siblings out together before, and I just thought that was funny um, because we're able to give them a first <laughs> with all of our unusual metal, medical issues that we have um, going on right now. After the procedure uh, was done, doctor gave us the report that um, – my two sons, one, the, uh, Jeremy, it, it turned out he does have inflammation uh, like we thought he did. And then my son, Blake, it, it turns out he still had some mild inflammation. He's been getting treatment for the last year, and um, it's still their son. And just with the procedure and everything going on and just life is busy as well, it, it's just there's a lot happening and going on and now we have more decisions to figure out and make for what's the right care steps to take uh, for my two sons and the next day Gina in her time with God she sent me this picture of what she was reading she's reading a devotional by Charles Spurgeon for her daily time with God and God used this devotional to give us just what we need. It was on 1 Peter 5, 7, um, and it's actually a verse that I memorized during COVID. And I memorized it starting in verse 6, which is, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And... This was just what we needed that day. A couple lines from Spurgeon's devotional say, Do not dishonor religion by always wearing a brow of care. Come, cast your burden upon your Lord. You are staggering beneath a weight which your father would not feel. What seems a crushing burden would be to him but as the small dust of the balance. And then a little bit later, it goes on to say, O child of suffering, be thou patient. God has not passed over in his providence. He who is the feeder of sparrows will also furnish you with what you need. That was just what we needed. I needed to remember that I can rest in God. I can cast my cares to him. What feels like a crushing burden to me is like dust to him. He can handle it. And I can give it to him time and time again. And he'll take my burdens and my cares and he will take them on and help me to carry them forward because he cares for me. He cares for all of us. So I set out to not just hear what was being said there but to do it. And when the worries would come up, cast it to God and do the responsibilities that I had before me. And that blessed me. It helped me to not feel the weight and the burden of everything, but to give it to God and know that he's going to help us to get through whatever it is that we have to go through. God wants us to he wants to give us what we need. And it's through this daily time with him and this gathering as a church that God wants us to, 
to give us his word and the perspective that we need to handle whatever it is that we have going on in our life. And as we put these patterns into practice and these habits into practice, he's going to help us to take his word and personally apply it to whatever situation we have going on in our life so that we can experience the blessing of doing life his way. Each week we have next steps because we want to be hearers and doers of the word. We want to be spiritually mature people who are putting into action what God is telling us to do. And so I want to invite you to take some next steps in response to the message today. The first one could be attend CIV fill-in-the-blank times per month this year. Is that a habit that you want to get better at this year so that you can hear and do God's word and, and together with a group of people in response to what he's telling our church to do? Maybe you want to pray the pattern of prayer blank times per week this year. Is there a goal you want to set for looking through that and praying through that this year? Or another one is to use the prayer acrostic to spend time with God blank times per week this year. I want to encourage everyone to set some specific goals related to hearing from God and applying it to your life. This will bring the blessing that God wants us all to experience. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you love us, you care for us, that you have given us your word. You want us to know life the way that you've made it. And you you show us how you've made it through your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to take your word personally this year, to grow us by hearing and doing what it is that you have to say for us to do. Help us to discern your will, to trust you with it, and to put it into practice in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.